So excited to be back on the airwaves of Cafe Racer Radio, and I am your host, Sherry Hauser. Welcome to Pink Noise. Today, our third episode, and it's going to be a doozy because I'm having a conversation with Odessa Christiana. And this woman is a powerhouse. She is like a sparkling diamond, maybe a unicorn. I'm not sure. She's a bit of a mystery, and we're going to dig into that with my curious mind about how she has built a life that she had only dreamed of, didn't even think was possible for her. And she has created it. She has manifested it using the power of her mind, mind over matter, to bring into life the things that are important to her, that make her feel alive. And having done that, her mission is to share that possibility with other people. And I'm, I'm very excited and tickled that she took the time to talk with me. Let's get to it. Odessa Christiana, I'm so excited to have you on the Pink Noise Radio Show. Thank you Yay. so much for being here. <laughs> and you know I have a real passion for diving right in. And so one of the first things I want to ask you about is you believe that exceptional lives are not built from a foundation of fear. So will you tell me? How are exceptional lives built? That's a really amazing, deep question, Sherry, and I love it. I'm feeling so strongly about this, um, with so much fear circulating around in the world right now. Exceptional lives are really built from, I think, our, our deepest desires to to be our true selves and like connect to our human potential. Um, when you, when you dig deep and you start recognizing all those things, you can start to really build that exceptional life, but it takes sometimes facing those fears and acknowledging them and figuring out how you're going to deal with them, how you're going to work through them. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it been, I've heard it said that, that, um, we have to go through the fear in order to be free from the fear. We have to, we have to face it. And so this idea that I think fear comes along on the ride for a while and we have to be willing to, to, to follow our, our interests, follow our passions, follow the thread of aliveness even when fear is present. And what I got out of that saying, when I saw you post it on social media, I really felt that exceptional lives are built like in spite of the fear, like there's fear with us, mm -hmm. but our driver is the idea of the possibilities of what's still out there, the unknown. You know, that, that aspiring to um, a version of ourselves we don't yet know. And yes. it's about having a belief. And one of the reasons I invited you on the show is because I'm fascinated um, with your title, Mind Stylist. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
what a what a great um, evocative title that is that is not common. And and I wondered if you'd share with me what it means to be a mind stylist. What's tell me a little bit about that description, and then we'll kind of back up because I I want to know how you got there, and and I. I want to be, I want you to be able to share that story, but I'd love to. I know there's so much. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like uh, I could be old faithful here and just like spurt all over the place. Like, ah, so much good stuff to, to share with you and, and the listeners out there. Um, okay. Mind stylist. A lot of people call themselves life coaches or mind coaches and when thinking about myself and that light as I came into, you know, being this and along my journey, um, not that we have to put a title on something, but you know, when you have a website, you have a book or you have social media, you kind of have to call yourself something, right? And as a creative person, since I was born, basically, I've always been an artist. I've always been styling something, whether it was, um, artwork or a home or clothing or whatever it is. So really getting into my mindset and working on it for years, um, I just kind of one day realized, hey, I think mind stylist is like really an excellent title for, for who I am and, and what I'm portraying, what I'm bringing to the table for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because you've been a serial entrepreneur, you've had so many different titles and different jobs as a business owner and an author and a vacation, vacation rental queen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I know you came by that honestly, you know, because you own your own vacation rental property and you made it so successful that you yes. had so many tips and, and um, uh, teachings to offer other people who wanted a piece of their own success. Yes, absolutely. There's that too. It, it, it's like, it's almost like I feel like I have all these different personalities or something. And for a while, I kind of wrestled with that, like feeling like, um, you know, how we just put ourselves in a box, so to speak. And, you know, think that, like I said, we just have to have this one title or something. I feel like a lot of people feel like, well, I can only be passionate about this one thing. And it's like, well, it's really whatever you want, you know, like if you have a whole bunch of passions, you are the one that houses all those things. You are the house for your passions and that becomes your brand. So whether it is that we're talking about my vacation rental business or my mind stylist business or whatever other pile of things I'm working on, <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? I do. I do. And I know that one of your deepest passions is to help other people see their potential. And as you, and as you actually say on your website, your deepest passion is to help others see their potential and follow their dreams and really to create a life that they love. And when I think about the why of pink noise and the way that I talked about this radio show at the at the introductory episode it was to really bring guests on 
who have followed a thread of aliveness in their own journey and are at the point where they want to share more of that with others. And so because your passion is to support others to live their very best life, I want to reveal a little bit of that magic, like a little bit of that process. So I wondered what it would be like to role play a little bit with you. And I'm, I'm reading something that you posted. What would your life look like if anything was possible? I mean, what, what comes up for you? What's true for you when you, when you think of that saying? Well, <laughs> do you want to know one of my, my biggest visions? My biggest visions? Okay. <laughs> when I really start talking about this stuff, it's, you know, it's really kind of huge and mind blowing for a lot of people, but I just, I love being in the energy of other thought leaders in the world. And I'm just recognizing all the time that there are more and more of them, you know, you're one of them. And I'm so happy that you're in my orb, but I'm, I'm just realizing when, when you are connecting with others who have that amazing energy it it comes into you and it of course boosts your energy right i mean whether it's one-on-one or whether you're listening to a podcast or watching a youtube or whatever you're going to pick up on that energy so i love to surround myself with other leaders i would love to do that on a more personal level i see in my future conducting events where I bring in a lot of thought leaders of the world and we come together and share ideas and you know extract even more energy from each other and just putting it out there to the world um, I already have as you know a place in Palm Springs where I can bring some people together, but I have bigger dreams to have some other spaces that I can also open up for these kind of workshops, events, retreats. And I see the thought leaders coming together and having, oh, you know, what do you call the world leaders thing? Like a summit or <laughs> a summit of the meeting of the minds, you know? Um, but also to do these things to teach others too, to have workshops and retreats and things like that, that we just, you know, make available to others in some way, shape or form. And let's talk about why that's important to you. So let's imagine that's happened. You've gotten dozens of, of thought leaders together whose messages and work and path you admire. And you've all gotten together and you've raised the vibration of your collective learning why? What is the impact you want to have with that? I would say, and this just came to me, I mean, it's, it's along the lines of everything I always talk about, but let's take the normal human being walking around out there right now that is unhappy with their job, with their marriage, with their kids, with their, somehow with their life, right? What if that was not any longer than norm? What if we shifted that and with it shifted the world thinking, 
where all of a sudden the norm is not the, well, you and I had a conversation one day and hopefully you won't mind me bringing up your game of life. What if that looked completely different? What if a baby was born and brought into the world and just raised to automatically go for their highest potential? What if we could just change just the whole course of humanity <laughs> by raising the vibration, raising the energy and, and really getting to the masses that they don't have to live like they thought they, because they said they had to live like that because their neighbor said, because their mom said, or whatever. I mean, I grew up in that energy. I worked in that energy for probably over 20 years of my life. And it was so icky and stale and stagnant. That's really where my passion comes from for, you know, sharing this and teaching this today. But, but just to change that, that thinking, to just really bring beauty and happiness into the world and just let that begin to take over. So you mentioned that you, first of all, there's two things and I'm trying to decide what order I wanna follow up with them on. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna put a pin in talking about an individual who's living on this planet, who's dissatisfied with some aspect of their life, maybe their job, maybe their primary relationship, maybe challenges with family or parenting. I'm just gonna put a pin in that. And I'm gonna sort of make the next part personal because you brought up that you spent a great deal of time, nearly two decades, in a job that you would later call dissatisfying. And I, I wanna know, when you were in it and you were doing this job, how did you identify the dissatisfaction in your body? How did you register and start to see and acknowledge that this choice isn't my highest and greatest good? This choice isn't serving me. I don't feel alive. I don't feel vibrant. I don't feel useful. I realize I'm putting words in your mouth, but those are words that I've used to describe a job I've had where I knew I wasn't on purpose but I felt I had to do it anyway. And so can you talk about some of the ingredients that you could name as being the identifier for, I got to leave this place? How did you get in touch with that? Well, I have to say, I really felt like that from day one. I started the job when I was 19 and I was going to college. I was putting myself through college. I was just in community college at the time. And I thought I would be a lawyer or something, something that had power and money. Because growing up poor, I never wanted to be poor. I wanted things. I wanted a nice house. I wanted nice clothes. I wanted to make those decisions for myself. But then I, I started this as a summer job. Um, quickly advanced into a position that paid me what I thought was good money at the time. I always knew that that was the wrong choice for me, that I did not belong inside the four walls of this store. I allowed myself to become trapped. So trapped, trapped was 
one of the ingredients in, in a word, I guess. Um, I felt, I felt really worthless in some ways when I was working that job. Um, I was talked down to by bosses and, and things like that. It was just, um, oh my gosh, it was just in so many ways, just an unpleasant situation that, that never, never really was a positive experience in my life. But it took me a lot of years to actually decide that I could get out of there. Wow. You used the word trapped and I really felt you when you explained that you felt trapped. And then I, I had so much more curiosity about that. And, and as you sort of said it a second time, I'm like, what is feeling trapped? What, what, is, what does that look like in your body? Like what, what's happening to you physically? Like, do you feel restricted? You know, like, like a, block, a blocked throat chakra, you know what I mean? Like, are, are, you, are, you, are you minimizing yourself? Like, do you, do you feel small? Are, are you not being self-expressed? Like, what are, could you, could you lean into the ingredients of trap for me just sure. to paint a picture? Sure. Gosh, I wish I would have known about the chakras back then. I, <laughs> well, I wouldn't have stayed so long <laughs> because I would have been tuning into that whole other world, right? But so trapped to me, Oh, I, I'm in my head. I'm going back, back in there, you know, to, to my little cave where I spent so much time and it, you know, it kind of felt chained. Like I, I was in there, I punched a clock at, you know, whatever time, 10 in the morning and I had an hour lunch break during the day. And then I punched out at seven at night and I felt like there was, there was no breaking free from that. You know, there was no, there, in my body, I had horrible migraines for years. Um, I, I didn't feel good. I, I, you know, kind of always felt like I was having some sort of a sickness, maybe my tummy hurt or, you know, maybe I caught a lot of colds you know, immunity, um, those sort of things. I just, this sounds horribly sad. This is so not who I am today, but it led up to who I am today. But I was really quite miserable for those many, many, many years. And so talk to me about when the light started seeping in, when the calling became so loud, you couldn't ignore it. How did, how did it show up? How did it, how did it manifest that you were ready to make a change? I just kept having dreams and images of all of my artwork that I put aside since I was a kid. I really hadn't done any artwork since I was a kid, but I just kept thinking about, I'd always close my eyes and I would visualize all these gorgeous, ball gowns and evening clothes and fancy ladies. And I was, you know, I was well aware that there was luxury out in the world. And I just got myself so trapped in that space, um, you know, with credit 
lines and just junk that I felt like I just had to stay there and pay and work for. So I just started imagining things and um, I decided to enroll myself in art college. And so I took, I took a program which ended up being about two years. I went through fashion design school. I worked full time, went to school full time in Seattle. And that was really the start of so much liberation for me. You know, having some flexibility with my schedule so I could be in school and really kind of start to develop my character away from that 40 hour a week job. Right. It's like, oh, wow, here's this creative character coming out and started to find myself there. I found myself even more um, after I graduated from school. I, I was already 30 years old and I just couldn't see moving to New York like some of the students were doing and just starting like at the bottom. I, you know, I heard these stories of just being on the cutting room floor and, you know, these mean designers. And after what I just dealt with for all these years, I was like, oh, hell with that. I know, you know, I don't, I can't go there. <clears throat> so I was, I took kind of a couple of months to just kind of let myself chill out. I was so exhausted after graduating from school. And one day I was in the library and I picked up this book on silk painting. I was just cruising the library for things. And I was like, oh God, this is really cool. Well, I learned to make all these patterns and sew and make all these amazing couture garments. And so I went and I got the supplies for silk painting and I started playing with it. And I found so much of my heart and soul. I used to just play my music, whether it was some old Bee Gees, which I love, or, you know, some heavy metal or just whatever I wanted to get into at the time. And I would just paint this material for hours. And I think now looking back, that was healing. That was so healing for me in so many ways. I was still working at the store, but this artistic expressive side of myself had come out and started producing hope and more belief in myself. You know, I mean, I just driven myself to downtown Seattle to school for two years, just right there created a hell of a lot of belief and badassery, right? <laughs> might've grown, might've grown my balls a little bit then. <laughs> and do you think that's a key ingredient for anyone who wants to, to make a shift? is just to like start. I mean, what I'm hearing you share is that you kept the job, but you enrolled in school. So yeah, it was hard and you had really long hours, but you started to feel your spirit come alive again. And you started yeah. to play and be self-expressed. And in that you got to know yourself more fully. Oh, definitely. I mean, not everybody can just up and quit their jobs. I mean, they might have kids to feed and, you know, a mortgage to pay or something. So I, you know, I'm not preaching to people to like, oh, just go quit your job. It's like, no, I mean, be smart about it, but just know that you don't have to stay stuck. There are other options. You know, if you're driving a car that you can't really afford or you have a bunch of furniture and stuff that you bought on credit, 
but you really are miserable in your job and in your life. Like, what are you really doing that for? You know, just taking a look at those things, you know, making a, a laundry list of items in your life that maybe you don't really need, you know, so you could pursue your dreams and not be stuck somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, this is something that I wanted to add when we were talking about fear at the beginning. And this just really goes into everything that I did when I decided to go to school and still what I decide to do today is when the fear of not doing the thing becomes greater than the fear of doing it, that's when it's time. It's your time. If you're just seeing your life slipping away and you're not doing anything about it, you know, it's like, hey, honey, you know, you've got one life here on this earth, as far as we know, this one human body that you're in right now, you know, why not make the best of it? I think you have to feel that has to be one of your fears, like, holy smokes, there's my life blowing by and I'm just sitting here on the sidelines, you know, watching it slip away. Don't do that. Get after it. <laughs> Oh, don't do it. Get after it. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And as I see you as this glorious vision that you are in your in your pink tutu, in your Palm Springs atomic layer haven, I know that you have built the life that you want and you continue to build the life that you want more of, more of. And there's something I wanted to touch on because I see individuals who struggle with the way things are. There's something about their relationship. There's something about their work. And I believe that the struggle is a piece of information. It's a piece of information that when you examine the ingredients of that struggle, and you pause for a minute and you say, why is this hard? What is, what is hard about this? And when you reveal more of its, when you unpack it, when you unpack the struggle, right? You can ask yourself a question like, how much of this is real? And how much of this is a story? And there's so much about mindset. And so as a mindset stylist, I'm imagining you've got some some keys that can help unlock, you know, I've seen you talk a lot about limiting beliefs mm -hmm. and, and what it's like to, to reveal the limiting belief so that you can change the narrative and move on. And um, I know that we're recording this for a radio show, but if, um, if, if we're, we're going on to video, this is the part where I'm gonna put this graphic up right here because you posted it and it's so beautiful. And the saying is, your mind will always believe everything you tell it. So feed it hope, feed it truth, and feed it with love. Ooh, did I write that? No, you posted it, <laughs> um, you shared it. It was a, it was a beautiful illustrated meme from, um, from another source. Okay, um, I was like, damn, that's good. <laughs> Yeah. 
And one of my favorite quotes of all times is, don't believe everything you think. And in this particular quote that you shared about, your mind will always believe everything you tell it, so feed it hope, feed it truth, and feed it with love. Even though you haven't said so yet, I believe that there's something in that that might be at the core of your mind stylist business. Is that true? Have I made that up? Oh, definitely true. Definitely true. I feed my mind daily. We talked a little bit about the journey, you know, in me getting out there and out of what was making me miserable and all that. And over that course of years and finally quitting that job and, and, and just really learning how to be my own best friend, learning how to really love myself, trust myself, believe in myself, feed myself, all those good things. You know, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long journey. You know, some people may be able to put themselves together and grow that beautiful garden in their mind a lot quicker. It took me, it took me a long time. So happy I'm here today and I can talk about these things. But I just, yeah, it's so, it's so, so, so important to start feeding your mind. If you, if you want to change your life, it all starts within you. Absolutely starts by feeding your mind those good things because you have to start convincing yourself that you are worthy and that there is hope and that you can have the things that you want in life, whether you know, they're, they're physical or it's more of a mental or a feeling or, or you know, whatever it is. So will you allow me to peel back the curtain of, um, of your, and, and, and reveal some of your magic? Like, absolutely. Okay. So, <laughs> so someone has come to you and, and they're, they're dissatisfied with the state of things. And so could you walk me through the process of what might be some, some steps, some baby steps um, for a person to get in touch with their desires and create some action steps for themselves to, to import new positive thoughts, to change the narrative of lim limiting beliefs? What is it that you might guide someone towards? Would you be willing to share that with me? Oh, gosh, yes, absolutely. I like to share the good stuff. I mean, I have a lot of courses and things that I'm conjuring right now that, you know, will be for sale at some point in time on my website. I have a pretty juicy one I'm working on right now that will be released before the end of the year. But I also, what I've been doing is just, is just giving, whether I'm putting things out there on YouTube or the daily post that you're talking about or whatever it is, I, I'm always giving these tips and inspirations and things like that. But if someone came to me personally, which actually happens more and more often all the time, I get private messages. In fact, I got one yesterday. 
And um, this particular person was saying that they feel like they're in a world of chaos and overwhelm and they're just not really sure what to do. They're just not, you know, feeling great about everything right now. So this is what I wrote them. And I talk about this a lot with journaling, right? I said, get your pen and paper and do a brain dump. I think that that's one of the most important things is to get all of those thoughts out of you. And I feel like there's something really magical about the pen and paper about you know, it doesn't matter if your handwriting is legible or not. If you can read it a little bit, then that's fine. But, but there's something within the movement of that and just writing it out and not overthinking the things that you're writing. You know, don't, don't even really acknowledge it at the time or question it or anything. Why am I thinking that? Just let it flow whether it's a page, whether it's 10 pages, whether it's the whole damn journal, like lock yourself in your room, take some quiet time and just let that stuff flow. If you're upset and you're hurting about things, whether it's personal or if it's something with the weight of the world on your shoulders or all the crap that's going on right now, just write about it, just let it out, cry, do whatever you need to do. I say once you get that out, Go set it down and, and leave it. And if you're in a space where you can do something for self-care after that, you might feel really, really tired after that. So maybe just a nice nap. Or maybe you feel like you need to just go outside into nature and clear your head if you're somewhere where there's trees and flowers and you can just go for a nice walk, connect with nature if you live somewhere and you're a forest or a beach or something, that's even better. But if you're in the city, that's okay too. Just go outside, take some breaths. Um, if you're somebody that likes to do some exercise or yoga, that's great. Or take a nice bath. But do something for some self-care. Give your, give your body and your mind some time. And then I say whether it's you know, later on that day or evening, or a day or two later, it really doesn't matter. Whenever you feel ready, go back to that paper and start plucking those things out and really, really start looking at the pieces of your life. There's probably a lot of garbage there that you can literally just throw away. If it's some things that are going on in the world right now, it might be as simple as just cutting down on the time that you're watching the news or maybe scrolling social media. Just cutting some of those things out can be very helpful. I know personally I have to really limit my time because I'm a very sensitive person. I get upset about things. I pick up on other people's vibrations really easily, even if I'm just watching something on TV. Um, it can be, it can be really taken deep, you know? So that's, that's my best little Odessa advice for, for just kind of, you know, 
baby steps to kind of delving into yourself and, and seeking some help within. Great. I know that you and I are both self-proclaimed badass manifestors. <laughs> and I, I imagine based on some of the conversations we've had before that we both subscribe to the law of attraction that where our attention goes is the thing that is that that is fostered is the thing that is that blooms and and so this idea that imagining what we want as if it's already happened so that we can feel all of the joy and the delight of it being true and when we hang on to that feeling inside of our body of the thing that we want to be true, we imagine that it is, and that's what we focus on, then we're actually calling into the universe that we are ready for that thing because we're already experiencing the joy of it being real. And I know that Abraham Hicks talks about this. I know that that's one of the core beliefs behind the secret or the magic. Um, as it might be called. And um, why don't, will you share a little bit more about your manifesting practices? Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that could be really helpful and I'd love to hear more about it. What absolutely, absolutely. Well, you just kind of outlined the, steps, so to speak. I, I think um, everybody has to kind of fill into what, what works the best for them. I mean, you can Google manifesting today and there's literally one, two, three, four, right? But I think really getting into the feeling of the thing is key. When I first started kind of you know, dipping my toe into the manifesting water. Just the law of attraction simplifies it. And, you know, we say thoughts become things. And they do. But you really need to take that thought to the energetic level. So my own practices are taking a creative visualization to the point of feeling it, to the point of, of feeling the sensation and interacting with the senses. I'll give an example. Um, my hubby James and I were, were driving the other day. We had a bit of a road trip we were on. And so I was just kind of playing a game with him. And at first he didn't, I didn't really say, oh honey, you want to play a manifesting game? You know, just, I mean, he's very wise to me, he knows. <laughs> but I started just asking him questions about this ideal situation and asking him what he was wearing. Um, black shirt, long sleeve or short sleeve? What kind of shoes? What shoes do you have on? What jeans do you have on? Do you have a haircut? or not? Do you have a hat on? What hat do you have on? And what, what does the room look like that you're in? What is the other person wearing? 
Are they smiling? Are they laughing? Um, what are we going to do afterward? What? Oh, we're going to go to a restaurant? Which one? What are you going to order? So it's really fun to like go into this kind of game in your head and just start asking yourself these questions to really bring you into this visual that's more than a visual because you start to literally feel the things. Did you order a dessert? Oh yeah, I got this cheesecake and, and it was just most creamy, delicious cheesecake with just the right amount of lemon zest. And there was a bit of strawberry syrup on it. And as I ate that, I felt so excited because my dream was unfolding in front of me. And you know, you can, you can just play into this any which way you want. Um, sometimes I'll take myself out on a boat. I love to be on a boat. The Puget Sound is one of the most gorgeous places in the summertime in the entire world. And so I've before taken myself out onto a boat on a sunny day and really got into the smell of the salt air. You know that smell when you like find a big piece of seaweed and it's all slidey and slippery, but it's kind of fun to feel at the same time. And then you just smell it. And maybe there's a jellyfish attached to it or something like really getting getting into that around what it is that you're wanting to call into your life, I think is, is huge. I hope I've illustrated that. <laughs> what do you think it is about the senses that bring to life the dream? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Einstein had a quote, and I don't have it in front of me, and I'm not always exceptional with remembering these things to a T, but basically he said, if, you, if your energy matches the, the energy or the frequency or the vibration of the things that you desire, they cannot help but to come to you. Mm. So it's almost like you're sending out a vibrational message of all of this joy and all of this pleasure that you're feeling, that you're seeing, that you're tasting, that you're hearing, and in lining up your senses to this really positive vibration, you're saying to this thing you want that also has significant value and high vibration that you are ready to receive it that you are you are at the same frequency of of positivity and and openness right like yes that's that's what i'm picking up from that quote that, yes. that to match the frequency you need to be firing on all cylinders as they would say in the automotive industry <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's very it's very simplistic in a lot of ways. It's just a lot of people don't take the time to do it. I don't always take the time to do it. I'm not saying that I'm perfect here. I mean, we all let the challenges and the daily routines of life maybe, you know, get in the way of some of these things. But 
I mean, you mentioned Abraham Hicks. She has something called the 17 second, if, if you Google the 17 second manifestation rule or something like that. <clears throat> she says just getting into this vibration for 17 seconds is enough to change things. And if you can keep holding that and holding that and holding that. So imagine what you could do with five minutes of that a day. Imagine what you could do with five or 10 minutes of that a day with your significant other. I'm working on something with James right now where I call it climbing into our dream machine. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, are you ready for our dream machine time? And it doesn't matter where in the house we are. I mean, at some point we might build a gigantic sculpture of a head in our backyard and actually put a bed in there. Maybe that'll really be our dream machine. I don't know. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be a certain place. We could be anywhere. We could be in the car. And climbing into the dream machine is just coming together and talking about these things. Um, it can be just as simple as, you know, we run a cleaning business and we own and run a cleaning business. And the other day he had three spots on the schedule to fill. And I said, let's, let's dream machine this. And so we, we just, he was sitting in his office chair and I was standing next to him and I was just rubbing his shoulders and everything like I do. And I said, let's visualize, let's visualize these clients coming in. What, what would the schedule look like if it was full and these three slots were taken? What would the clients look like? Are they going to be a new regular client or are they just a one time? Did they see our ad on Facebook? that you made, what, you know, we just talked about it for a few minutes. And the next day, somebody needed a last minute cleaning. Somebody else booked in from the website. Those three spots were filled up. I'm so, I'm so in love with this story. I'm so in love <laughs> with the magic of possibility with the setting of intentions. Like what a perfect illustration of something real life and you brought it into being. You know, that's, that's very powerful, Odessa. It is. And everyone on this planet has that capability. But there just may be some things that you have to lift and work through first before you can really access that. Hmm. Any other recommended reading for um, anyone who wants more insight on making their dreams come true? You um, said something about Abraham Hicks and the 17 seconds. I'm wondering if there's anything else that is alive for you as like, oh my gosh, when I read so-and-so's book or watched so-and-so's TED talk, um, I really felt something shift in me and it, and it was a catalyst for the next level of my growth and transformation. Oh gosh, there's so much. And this is really funny. I love books. 
Like if I went to a garage sale and there were books, I just want to buy them all just because I love books. But I have so many books that I have not read. And I'm realizing that I'm really someone that likes to take my information in when I'm out walking, you know, I go on a walk every day. And that's really when I listen to my podcasts and things like that, YouTubes, whatever. I like to listen and take information in while I'm in movement. It's just my thing. A lot of people can sit still with a book for two hours and be totally into it. And I have been in different times in my life, but now it's like, I don't know, there's something with being in the flow and just being active and staying active. But the other day I was listening to just like a little 15 minute episode of Wayne Dyer. And I haven't listened to him enough. I'd like to listen to him a lot more because what a brilliant man he was. He's left us so much, but he said the other day, it really spoke to me. He said, being in the now is the purest form of sanity. I had to voice journal a little bit after that and talk to myself a little further and go, oh, what is this to me? I just finished reading the chapter in Susan Campbell's book, Getting Real, which is one of the early Bibles of the practice of authentic relating. And in this book, she has 10 truth skills. And the first truth skill is called being with what is, as opposed to making up a story about our interpretation of a thing that's happening. It's figuring out the separation between what is real, what are the actual facts of the situation, and what's the story I'm telling myself about it? What is my interpretation? And so often we're making assumptions about what someone else is doing and because of our lived experience, when someone else does this thing where they look away, then I interpret that as they're no longer interested in what I have to say. But until you check out that assumption, you have no idea what might be drawing their attention over here. And chances are it has absolutely nothing to do with you. And so in reading this chapter about getting comfortable with what is, so much of it is about being in the now and how much crazy making goes on in our head about being in the past or being in the future, worrying about the future and what that thing might mean or being in the past about that feels really familiar. And the last time that happened to me, um, I didn't like the outcome. And so I'm gonna react to this situation in a negative way and be defensive or be protective and not stay open and not be in the now. And so I'm, I'm enjoying um, holding those two things, holding you know, the messages I got from Susan Campbell's book just yesterday. And I, I have a hard time sitting still and reading books also, but I am practicing the art of slowing down and spaciousness, both for myself and especially in my leadership roles. And I'm finding a lot of gifts are coming forward in that space. Thank you for sharing Wayne, uh, Wayne Dwyer with us. And uh, I'm feeling that our time together for the purpose of this, this radio broadcast here at Cafe Racer Radio is coming to a close. And I'm wondering if there's something I haven't asked, if there's something you'd really like to share 
that I haven't created space for? Uh, what might it be? I think we've really given people some things to chew on. <laughs> um, I'd like to say that, you know, anybody that listens to us or that's listening and, you know, wants to reach out um, with any other questions or anything like that, you know, I'm kind of an open book. I don't really have a lot to hide. Um, I have, you know, I'm out there on social media and everything, Odessa Christiana, and I'm open to connect with people because I, I really believe in their power. I found this power inside of me and I know it's there for others and I would really like to help guide them into it. Beautiful. I want that for you too. And I want that for for everyone to feel their potential and, and live their fullest life and be filled with magic and joy and delight the way I see you filled with magic and joy and delight. And I know it comes with hard work and I know it comes with making choices and taking risks and being courageous. And that's cultivated. You know, it really is one conscious decision after another to move from wherever you are to where you want to go. These transformations, these evolutions, these moving from place A to place B are a series of baby steps where you have to trust yourself. They absolutely are. And I might just add with that because that just made me think of this. You know, somebody doesn't need to think that they have to do something huge. They don't have to jump off the deck and into the water. They don't have to do their dives, right? They can start with a few minutes a day. You know what I mentioned earlier about the brain dumping. Um, I would really say journaling, I think, is wonderful. Um, there's so many different things out there that you can do. Just maybe for some, it might be easier to meditate. Um, I love voice journaling too, just using the voice memo feature on your phone and just talking to yourself. That's a huge one for me. We can talk more about that on another, <laughs> whole another episode. But I would say just, just realize that you can change. You can change your life in as little as five minutes a day, just dedicating a little bit of time to better that mind garden. Pull a few weeds out of there every day. Just take a few moments to groom that mind garden every day and it will start to build up and build up and build up. It's just like any kind of fitness. Just stand on the treadmill for a few minutes a day, right? And you might actually want to start walking on it. <laughs> That's so perfect. Thank you for that beautiful exit strategy. <laughs> <laughs> the, this, the shared strategy of, uh, it's actually an entrance strategy that you're sharing with us upon the exit of this broadcast. So Perfect. thanks so much for your time, Odessa. Thank you, Sherry. And that wraps up the third episode of Pink Noise Radio Hour. I hope you calendar your five minutes a day to tend to your beautiful mind garden and groom the things that you want to see blossom.
Just like the law of attraction, put your attention to the things that you want to grow. Bing! And there's a reminder popping up on my computer at just that right time, just like that. Set a five-minute reminder every day and you'll get your own bing that'll bring you back into mindfulness of something you could be doing that'll make a difference in your life. Six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, baby steps. Baby steps that can move you out of a place of where you are into a place that you'd rather be. I'm going to be remembering Odessa's tips to journal whenever I feel stuck, to do a brain dump and just get it all out. She's a big fan of journaling, and I am too. And certainly manifesting. I'd never gone so far as she had to imagine the place, what I'm wearing, what I'm going to do after. What's the smell in the room? What does it look like? I love how she painted that picture. I love it. That's some good stuff. So next week, I'm going to be talking with Randy DeRocher from Guided by the Heart. He's an experienced world adventurer, and freedom is one of his highest values. He founded Guided by the Heart with his partner, Kasha, to empower people from all around the world to be creators of their own adventure called life. And he's passionate about guiding people to access their deeper potential and purpose in the lives they're living. He's also the person responsible to, for introducing me to the authentic relating community. And I took my very first Art of Being Human course through Randy. And that journey began for me in early 2018. So talk about an adventure. <laughs> this guy's one of my favorite traveling companions on the inner journey to better know myself. And I can't wait to share his wisdom with you. Please tune in next Sunday at 10 a.m. for Cindy Ann's Morning Show. Until next time, I'm going to keep making a ruckus. How about you?